Hi, I'm Liz Stokel. And I'm Debbie Rude. We're Dancing with Skeletons. We know what it's like to keep our past hidden away, like skeletons in a closet. We also know the healing that comes from acknowledging who we used to be and how much we've learned. So every once in a while, we dance with our skeletons. So come dance with us. Hi, Liz. Good morning, Deb. How are you? I'm okay. Yeah? Yeah. How are you? I've had a rough couple days, but, yeah. but I'm going to be okay. I've had yeah. um, a pretty significant death in my very, very close circle. One of my teachers and dear, dear friends. Um, and I also have a family member who's really having a health crisis that we're really, really sending healing thoughts and energy and prayers to. So it's been pretty intense couple days. You know, it's really scary when we are faced with a, what can be a, just a, a minor surgery. Yeah. You know, I have a, my sister's, one of my sister's early boyfriends, you know, and a longtime family friend went in for minor surgery and didn't come out. And, um, you know, it was just minor. It was just minor. So any, yeah. it, things can go Actually, wrong. Actually, I know a person who went in for yeah. a hernia just a simple hernia thing yeah. and ended up getting septus and passed. Yeah. Just yeah. crazy stuff. Right. So, yeah. So I think that, you know, life is very, very, very uh, precious and, mm. and the people it, around us it, are more precious. I mean, the last few years, we have learned to really, really, really hate one another. I know. <laughs> and really distance ourselves from people that we were once mm. close to. Mm -hmm. And yet, at the same time, we've lost people that we yeah. loved so much. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's and it's been an interesting uh, few years in that way. Yeah, it really has been. I know that I just you know I just wanted to hug my kids, uh, especially on Tuesday night. I just I just wished my kids were right there. Like I, mm, you just want to hang on to them because yeah. you're like what you're saying. Life is precious and life is short sometimes. And I mean it's short anyways. Really, right. when right. you you know if you believe in an eternal itself life is pretty short this is just a blip yeah this yeah. is a blip so yeah um so what how how has your week been have you been what have you been doing <clears throat> what have you been thinking about what are we going to talk about <laughs> you know what actually i mean what i've been thinking about is uh, the foundations on which we build our lives and even right now we're talking about mm -hmm. relationships and stuff are, are really important yeah. foundation on which so many of us build our lives yeah and um, the reason I've been thinking about foundational stuff is because I have to have foot surgery in a couple of months. And, you know, it's something that I've known for years and years and years I, I might have to deal with at some point mm -hmm. down the road. Yeah, it's a yeah. genetic, genetic stuff that makes my feet all wonky. Um, but I never worried about um, uh, beauty. You know, I never yeah. worried about foot beauty. I don't even worry about my own beauty. I don't have the kinds of facial routines and all that kind of stuff that a lot of people my age have. And I, I have them. I probably <laughs> should have them because I definitely see, you know, without makeup, I've got those wonderful age spots and all that kind of stuff happening. Um, Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> And I, I've never really been a, a, a prissy girl yeah. when it comes to that. I don't like, I haven't had my hair cut professionally in four years. You know, I just do it myself. Well, it's really good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, I, I'm just not that girl. And I'm similar. 
so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, and you know, I don't, you consider yourself kind of a hippie. I don't really consider myself a hippie. And yet, when I really look at how I take care of myself, you know what, I'm a hippie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And, uh, but I've known that I was probably going to have to have foot surgery because there's bunions and all these things that run in the family. But I didn't worry about pretty feet. Yeah. But in the last couple of years, I've been dealing with pain pretty much 24 hours a day. And, um, and, and when the pain gets to the point then, where you can't yeah. do the things that you're used then to doing. Then it's like, okay, I got to deal with this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And isn't that true? Yeah. That. Many of us... We wait till the pain gets bad enough, and then we... Yeah. Yeah. Emotionally, physically, sometimes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we just go along Mm -hmm. to get along. Mm -hmm. And as long as there's no pain, Mm -hmm. we don't fight, you know, what's going on around us. We don't even question what's going on around us until all of a sudden there's pain. And I think the last couple of years has really taught us Mm -hmm. that this is, in fact human nature kind well, I, of thing. Yeah, and I, I do think also, you know, being at home with nothing to do, per se, the last several years, or, or, or much less to do, Yeah, I think so many of us, and, I, and I'm going to put myself into this category, we keep ourselves busy and distracted, oftentimes, to keep whatever is really going on kind of at bay, which I mean, I think there's a little bit of healthiness in that, you know, um, oops, my phone is on, sorry. A um, little bit of healthiness in that. Yeah. You know, you don't want to sit and wallow in your stuff all day long. Yeah. But I think when you do have some downtime that's maybe extended, sometimes you start to go, oh, oh, yeah, there's that that I have to deal with. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Oh, my feet hurt. <laughs> I mean, I know I can have a backache, and if it's not horrendous, I can... Can, I can just kind of take an Advil and get on deal with the day, with it, you yeah. know, and then at the end of the day, it's like, oh, damn, my back hurts. I better get some ice and lay down, <laughs> I mean, you know, right. and that's right. kind of how we, we do. All of us kind of do Well, we that. talked last week a little bit about uh, men being uh, generally a little bit better at compartmentalizing than women. I think women are generally, again, this is generalizations, but I think women are generally able to keep themselves busy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, in we order have to way more to things. do. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're really good at keeping ourselves busy mm-hmm. in order to avoid stuff that's going on, whereas yeah. men just are better at uh, compartmentalizing yeah. and say, well, this is, this is something I can't uh, fix, so I'm and just so I'm not going to put, put it, it over there. here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, you know, this is a generalization, of course. Well, so your feet are the foundation of your body, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, you got to stand on your feet all day. So if your foundational body part is out of whack, that seems pretty critical to your overall health, right? You know, I mean, your feet are, you need them. Correct. You know? And, you know, our bodies really do, you know, the Bible says that when one part suffers, the whole body Mm -hmm. suffers. And I think that we've, uh, again, we've kind of compartmentalized ourselves so that when we see a hurting person, especially in our body, in mm-hmm. our family, in our community, in our community or, mm-hmm. we have a really, we're really good at saying, well, that's, 
their problem. It's not my problem. But, you know, Scripture tells us when one part of the body hurts, the entire rest of the body suffers. And that's just not your physical body. It's actually your community body as well. For sure. Definitely. Yeah. And I have known many, many, many dancers. When you're in theater, you work with dancers all the time. And I've known dancers who have injured one knee, Mm -hmm. had it repaired, and then a year or two down the road, their other knee now it needs mm-hmm. attention. And it's not because they've injured that knee. It's because they have so overcompensated and protected the other knee. The other <laughs> knee. And so undue stress has been put on the mm-hmm. good knee. Yeah. Quote unquote. Yeah. And now sense. suddenly that, that knee is, is suffering. Yeah. Yeah. So that's actually what happens in our communities when one part of the community is at stress. Yeah. Then other parts of the community begin to feel that stress even though they're not the quote-unquote broken part. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's very true. I'm just, when you said the thing about dancers, I remember I was in a show years ago and um, one of the young ladies who was in the chorus came in from her ballet class and her feet, dear God in heaven, (laughs) they were, her big toes were bloody and I mean, like, and she said, oh yeah, that's just, you know. When you're on point. Ballet. Yeah, ballet point. And, you know, those dancers are out there, you know, doing the nutcracker or whatever they're doing, looking so graceful and beautiful, and their feet are in pain. Right. Wow. That blew my mind. Right. So, you know. And so we are able to ignore sometimes for for a myriad of reasons. Yes. Yeah. And again, like a a dancer keeps busy. She just keeps moving. She just keeps looking graceful. And her feet are dying. (laughs) So several years ago, I mean, I'm talking 25 years ago or so, a woman took me to lunch and she said she had a dream about me. And I may have even talked about this, but she had a dream about me that was so um, profound that she felt like she needed to talk to me about it. And she said she dreamed that she and I were in the mall walking around and I kept falling. And finally, I fell and couldn't get up. And she looked down and realized my feet were gone. You didn't have one of those buttons? I'm falling. I fall and I can't get up. <laughs> Apparently she was my button. Yeah. It was exactly. her, it was up to her to help me. Yeah. Um, but she said, I feel like I need you to know that your foundation is being you know, shaked. And she kind of put the responsibility on me. Okay. You know, you what are you doing to, you know, you're 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 not focusing on your foundation. She actually turned it into kind of a spiritual thing and decided that maybe I was losing my grip on my spiritual foundation. And that's what she decided that the meaning of the dream was. Well isn't she smart? <laughs> I think we need to really be careful mm-hmm. when we have dreams about other people mm-hmm. um, to interpret them badly or, you know, because yeah. it might mean something completely different to them if we were to. Maybe, maybe it's they. Maybe the dream is about them. You happen to be there, but, you know we're all kind of made up of different parts of ourselves. And so maybe there's a part of her that is falling down. Yeah, it could have and been. And it's more reflective of a part of her yeah. that doesn't feel like her foundation is strong. That It could have been. And you just happened to pop in there. Yeah. 
that very well could have been. What I do know is that Mm. at the time she told me this, she was not aware of the fact that the pastor that she and I both revered and trusted and loved Mm -hmm. and worked with at our church was behind the scenes um, making false accusations against me because of a rumor that came to him that was not true. true. And we talked a little bit last week about people who are jealous who will, you know, throw shade your way. And that... I have no idea what the motivation of this woman was who went to the pastor and told her something about me mm-hmm. that wasn't true. Right. We can assume it was jealousy. Maybe we can assume or we can assume that she was just having a bad day. There's any myriad of reasons mm-hmm. that she might have, you know, lied well, maybe about she me. Doesn't have a good maybe she didn't have a good foundation. Right. But instead of, you know, saying, hey, you know, this person came to me and had this to say about you. Is it true? Instead of saying that, he literally was pulling the rug out from under me and pulling away all of my ministry involvement, all of my church involvement, Mm -hmm. because one woman decided to undermine me. Right. And who did he give all that to? That woman. Right. Yeah. So, so... You. And, and, you know, that's all whatever it's in the past but my point is is that for me her story her dream actually resonated with me because I thought I have put my faith and trust in the wrong people mm-hmm. and I have built my foundation on the wrong thing mm-hmm. well and so maybe it was about you or if it wasn't specifically about you you did resonate with it I, I did I mm-hmm. resonated with it but not for the reasons she thought yeah She thought it was me, you know, losing my foundation. I realized that, yeah, I was losing my foundation because I had put it on people. And I had put my trust in somebody that was, in the end, untrustworthy Mm -hmm. or maybe just human. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, in the spiritual community that you and I both have come out of, I think there's often a lot of misinterpretations of things. You know, there's, there's, um, and I don't exactly know what I'm trying to say in a very, in a specific way, but in other words, there might be a, a spiritual reason that is put on something that's just somebody's opinion. It's not necessarily true, but you know, because of kind of this thing that we've been taught and we've been brought up in, you know, well, you're just not praying enough or that kind of stuff. We tend to assign spiritual mm-hmm. relevance to things that actually <laughs> don't have or shouldn't have any spiritual relevance. Well, and there's also this idea of spiritual bypassing. And have we talked about that? No. So so the idea of spiritual bypassing would be um, somebody... Can we turn off that heat by any oh, chance? It's yes. a little bit... Sorry. It's warm and it's making some noise. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I didn't even think about that. That's okay. Yeah. Let's just keep now. Yeah. Hopefully it's a little bit quieter yeah, sorry, and we'll just keep Sorry going. about that, you guys. <laughs> um, uh, spiritual bypassing is the idea... An example would be, let's say someone in your family died uh-huh. and um, somebody came to you to comfort you and they said, well, that's just God's... It was God's will. Well... So instead of entering into your grief and sadness, it was God's will. And then now you're left with it's God's will. And, oh, well, 
So, so, so if I can't deal with it, it's my problem. Yeah, kind, kind of thing. And <laughs> yeah. the, so there's this kind of spiritual, you know, explanation that doesn't give any room for you to be a human being to be sad or to be grieving. And, and that happens a lot in the church. So say somebody is struggling, let's even like with drug addiction or something yeah. like that. Well, you're, you're not praying enough, you know, because God can help you, but, and without really understanding the nature of addiction. And it's not just about, you know, me praying for strength. There's other stuff involved, right? you know, and, and that happens all the time, not only in Christian church, but in other faith orientations, it happens with just this kind of pat answer for something right. that it's just like putting a little Band-Aid you know, yeah. God's going to do it. And, and it says, I don't believe it works that way. I don't either. And it makes, but it makes the, 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 dis, the, the, the disseminator of this spiritual, you know, um, platitude, it makes them feel better exactly. than the person on whom you are dumping the platitude. Exactly. And you, you know? know what? And I, and I recognize when I, when I learned what that was, I could think of several occasions in my early walk with Christianity uh-huh. where I did that, right. where I gave somebody a pat answer and it kind of made me feel sick because mm-hmm. I could think of a handful of situations where I'm like, wow, I did that. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, If I could only take that back because that is just not the way to handle. Right. You know, so, you know, in talk, thinking about foundations, um, my sister and I were talking yesterday, in fact, about foundations in terms of growing up a healthy human. So, you know, we've seen on TV these commercials of the first five years are the most important. And honestly, that is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been many, many, many medical studies and psychological studies where if a child doesn't have the things in place that that child needs, safety mm-hmm. being the main one, food and shelter and all those things, but emotional safety. Yeah. If a kid doesn't have those things in the first five years, that kid's going to run into some troubles because the, those foundational elements weren't there at the critical time of a human brain developing. Mm. And I don't think that there's enough credence given to that when we're dealing with people who are suffering with mental illness and other, you know, behavioral problems or whatever they're, right. you know, we're, we don't, we don't have the tools to look at, well, you know, well, what happened? What was your childhood like? How, you know, were you safe? Right. Were you provided the things? Um, and, and my sister and I, you know, as, as much as we, you know, are pretty much together people, as we look back on our growing up, a lot of our foundational critical elements were not present. Mm-hmm. And we both, we both feel thankful that somehow we weathered it and aren't drug addicts on the street right. or something like that. Right. Um, but we both have had problems. Mm-hmm. I have had very intense problems, mm-hmm. especially in my last marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all can be related back to our childhood yeah. and how we grew up. 
And it's not to put any blame on parents or anything like that. It just was what it was. It is what it is. People and parents aren't perfect and they're human and we all have the journey that we have. But boy, is that foundation critical for human beings. Right. And, um, you know, sometimes I think if I had it to do all over again, I would have wanted to be like a psychologist and work with kids and do some things like that because it's really pretty fascinating what our brain does with information when you're small. Um, I, when I was... Probably eight, would have been a great music psychologist, yeah, you know, somebody who yeah, used music as, yeah. as healing. Yeah, that would have been I great. Mean, but anyway, it's probably not too late to, to well, think about that, but go on. I'm still young. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, now, I, Well, when we were talking about our different experiences, she and I, and, and, you know, she was younger than I, so we were talking about the fact that because I was four years older than her, I probably got more of some of the critical elements of those first five years than she did because she was younger. And so when our parents split up, she was younger. So I got to be in the presence of having the two parents parents. there for longer. Okay. But for me... And it's just the two of you, right? I mean, with mm -hmm. those... I know you have half siblings. Yeah, with those parents. Mm -hmm. But for me, when I was uh, one, so this was before my sister was, you know, even... A thought in anybody's eye <laughs> or brain. Um, I got sick, and yeah. I was in the hospital. Have I talked you, about you this? You have. You've talked about this. Okay, so I, and so you went and got your um, I got, went and got medical those, records. Yeah, I got those records, and and so that one week of my life where I was not with parents, I was hooked up to tubes, and I was crying, 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 crying. You know that created. There's some space there inside of my psyche that is that of being afraid and abandoned and abandoned and not having language. And so having but still having those feelings of terror and my brain in there recorded it somewhere and it's in there. And that wasn't anybody's fault. I got sick. That's how the hospitals did things at the time, you know, and so. But it did happen and is a chunk out of my psyche. It's a chunk out of those that critical foundation yeah. time, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So so there's all different kinds. There, you know, those foundations I love the thinking about your feet as your foundation. Yeah. You know? I yeah. mean when I broke my ankle I couldn't go running anymore. That's my feet. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. It, it's it's a critical part. And even your... scripture talks about, you know, the man who built his house on the rock and the man who built his house on the sand. And, you know, there's little songs, the rains came down and the floods came yeah. up. Yeah. Well, and I think <laughs> of the story of the three little pigs. <laughs> That's right. And they built their houses out of and you know, there's so there's all of these stories have been told that that we are supposed to, from from childhood, we've mm-hmm. been told these stories, whether it's in the biblical context or it's in the childhood stories right. context. Right. We all hear these stories about the importance of foundation, the importance of building your house, uh, i.e. your life, yeah. on something in which you can place your trust. Mm-hmm. And um, I think many of us think that we have 
some of us know that we haven't. Mm -hmm. We think about extramarital affairs. You know that that's going to crash. Something's going to happen. You know, you're going to destroy the other person's family. You're going to destroy your family. You're going to destroy trust and relationships. You know that you're building a relationship on shaky ground. And yet... It happens all, all the time, the time. Mm-hmm. all it, the time. Yeah, it does. So humans are very, very, um, we're, we're very short-sighted, mm-hmm. and we think very much in the short term. And these stories are out there to remind us to not do that, to right. try to think long-term. <laughs> right. You know, and yet we are still kind of short-term thinkers. Yeah. Um, but boy, and you don't know. I didn't know. My family didn't know. My husband didn't know. My husband. We talk a lot about if we could go back. Yeah. yeah. You know, and we have, we've had some issues with our children. And if we could, you know, there's a, there's a place, there's a point in time where we're like, if we could go back to that time and make a different decision at that juncture, mm-hmm. then everything might have been different. Right. You know? I, I think though I think about those things too, and I, depending on the day, I might end up in a heap in my car driving and have to pull over because I'm sobbing about something I'm sad about that I wish I would have done something different, you know. And then and then the next day I might have a different thing of you know what I don't have any regrets, and it's like so it's like these different parts of me that that one per you know. I mean, what is that? Why yeah. do one day I'm like sad over my choices and the next day I'm full of gratefulness and have no regrets? I mean, it's just this whole big ball of humanity. Humanity. Yeah, it's it a, really is. It's very messy. It's very messy, it's to, very, be, very messy. to be human. Mm-hmm. And But I I do try to remind myself when I, when I fall back into that, gosh, if we, if we only could have done this different, you know. But we also say, gosh, not for all the money in the world will we go back because we do not want to walk that road again. Right. You know, we don't right. want to walk any of those roads again. But uh, we also try to turn it around and tell ourselves this. But look at where we are now. Look at the people who are in our lives right. that wouldn't have been there right. if we had had a different journey. Right. Also, look at the bubble that we were so happily living in mm-hmm. for many years mm-hmm. and how that bubble seems very unsafe today. Mm-hmm. And would we want to be in that bubble? Right. And the answer is no. Yeah, I don't want to be I, there. I don't want to be there. You know... I'll tell you an interesting thing in talking about that bubble. And, you know, you and I have been on this, you know, we've said this a lot on this kind of deconstruction journey. And um, this person in my family who's having a pretty serious medical issue, I, um, you know, I question sometimes the power of prayer anymore. And what really is prayer? Is it, is it? A specific thing where my eyes are closed and I'm praying to God, or is a prayer just, just thinking about somebody, and and wishing them health and good, you know, and a vibes, good, good energy, yeah, yeah. I mean, good healing, yeah. you know, and and so, and I know that there are a lot of people who don't pray per se, but 
think what will think about someone if you if you put it out there you know okay i really hope that whatever's going on in deb's family whoever that person is i wish them health and peace and and, and goodwill or whatever i mean yeah. that to me is a prayer so my my relative um i'm not at liberty to say but, yeah but, what's happening yeah but um i my first instinct without without even a thought was to ask people to pray. Yeah. And that that told me something about myself. That told me that even though I'm confused <laughs> <laughs> about what prayer is or whether or not there's anybody yeah, listening. Yeah, even though I, I have all of that, my first instinct is still to pray, to ask people to pray. Yeah. And I think that that says something. That said something to me that I still really do at the core of who I am. I still really do believe that prayer works and that whether it's a, a if you want to call it a prayer or a good thought. So I've made this post mm -hmm. and I said, if you're a prayer, please pray. If you're a sender of good, <laughs> if, sender of healing thoughts, yeah. send please, them. please send them, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, because I don't want to be disrespectful because it is disrespectful to ask an atheist to pray. Right. But I can ask that atheist to be a sender of goodwill and good thoughts. Right. Right? It's the same thing. And I think more it's the same thing. I think more atheists in my experience, in my experience, the atheists and agnostics among us are far more willing to send good thoughts to um, tell you that they are thinking about you, mm -hmm. whereas the um, the believer will say, "Well, whatever happens is God's will." Yeah. Okay. How does that encourage me, and how does that build my community? Right. You know. And I do think that prayer is a way, or asking for prayer, mm -hmm. is a way of of building your community. Yeah. Is it, a way of bringing people together. Yeah. Well, you know? I, you know, in my post, I said, I don't normally do this because. It feels vulnerable. It feels like I'm, I don't know, feels uncomfortable. Asking but, to be the center of the universe uh, for five minutes. Yeah, but I did. <laughs> and because this person in my life is extremely important and important to this community, and this person needs to get well. <laughs> and, right. and And so, you know, I just, I don't, I've just put it out there. Right. And, you know, I got a, an amazing response. And I sat there at my computer this morning. I opened it up and I read through and it just made me ball. Yeah. Because it's just, it's beautiful how many people said that they were doing that. Yeah. And I, I got to believe that they are. Yeah. You know? And it just, I think it really is encouraging. It's, it, it lifts you up. Mm -hmm. It strengthens you when you know that there's a community mm -hmm. of people out there mm -hmm. who are for just a moment. Taking a minute. Taking a minute mm -hmm. to think about you mm -hmm. and to lift you up. Right. And that is inspiring and it's encouraging yeah. and it makes you feel less alone. Yeah. And so when you're out there asking for prayer, you know, I have a family member who will say, why are you spitting in the wind? Right. You know, just, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Keep spitting in the wind, whatever. You know, if you think that's going to help. Right. But, but what it does for me is just brings me closer to my community. Yeah. It makes me feel less alone. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, well, and, and how can that be bad? Well, and Facebook has has kind of done that. It has it has kind of broadened our communities, and it's made us be able to connect with people that maybe we wouldn't be able to, 
you know? Yeah. And that's, and I mean, that's a really cool thing about Facebook, I think. Yeah. And so. it's like 65% bad, but. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but that's, why I mean, you know? that's why I said that. It's but like, that 35%, you know, and um, this morning I was listening to a podcast that was talking about community and was talking about, um, uh, you know, how we validate our own feelings. And we're able to validate our own opinions and thoughts and feelings by curating the groups that we're a part of. Mm-hmm. And we especially can do that in our online groups. Yeah. Well, I know I'm right because I belong to this group filled with thousands of people who think just like me. Right, right. As opposed, and that's not real. And that's not real. Yeah. And those are the bubbles and those are the communities. And and it just made me really think about that bubble that my family and I lived in for so long mm-hmm. that 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 validated who we were and what we thought yeah. and what we believed and how we raised our kids it you know we got all this validation from them mm-hmm. until we didn't right you know and then the bubble burst and then we had to go, wait a minute, is this, did we really build our foundation on on people in whom we could trust and on people who could really love us? Mm-hmm. Did we really, what what is our foundation yeah. Yeah, really built on? Yeah, yeah. Well, and so what conclusion have you come to? Like, I mean, I know that, I know, I mean, I think I, that's a, I, I already know the answer to that. <laughs> but I mean, but how... Okay, so the question would be then how do you rebuild it? Yeah. Where do you start? You know, because your foundation kind of crumbled. I mean, mine did too. Yeah. Mine did too, but I think mine was a little bit different than yours. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but how do we, I mean, how do you rebuild? Well, you know? I think that what actually crumbled was the subfloor. Okay. You know? Okay. But the foundation, mm-hmm. the thing that you can't see... Mm-hmm. That's under the subfloor. You know, a few years ago, a couple of years ago, we did a, a remodel in our bathroom, and our house is built about three feet up off the ground. You know, a lot of houses yeah. are just built in cement. Now, listen, if you get a leak in a pipe in a floor that's built on cement, that's a problem, people. You have to go in there and hack up the floor, you know, pull up your flooring, pull up your carpet, pull up whatever's over that cement, and try to find that leak. Yeah, it's, a, it's a deal. It can be a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a lot of stuff that's buried in that cement, yeah. Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Our house, on the other hand, is 60 years old and is built three and a half feet off the ground. So if we have a leak under there, somebody can get under there and, yeah. you know, Someone arm and crawl. cover their body in plastic and crawl <laughs> under there with all the black widows and do it. <laughs> and army crawl. Um, and at the time when we redid our bathroom, we got down to the subfloor and realized that there had been a leak that had actually done a lot of damage to the subfloor. Mm-hmm. But, of course, the foundation of the house itself was still sturdy. It right. had big cement pylons that it's built mm-hmm. on, right? Mm-hmm. We dug up that subfloor. We built, we created a big hole in our bathroom. You know, basically the whole mm-hmm. bathroom was just dirt. You're right. You know, that was three feet below. I, I, I can picture, I yeah, can picture that. Picture yeah, picture it. We mm-hmm. actually put our grandson down in the hole one time and gave him a hammer and said, now we need some help fixing this. <laughs> and he started just hammering things. I see a nail. I see. You know, he just... That's cute. You know, and he yeah. was helping. That's so cute. As I put in quotes. But um, it just made me remember, you know what? The subfloor is destroyed. Mm-hmm. But the foundation under here is still 
strong. This 60-year-old house is still standing. Yeah. There is not a single um, lean mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> in yeah. the house at all. You can put marbles in the kitchen and it'll mm-hmm. just sit still. It won't roll from one side to another. Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing is that I think a lot of us are depending on our subfloor, but we really need to look at our foundation. Yeah which the foundation for me has been a faith in a God that is bigger than a church or a religion or than a person. Mm-hmm. Now, has that been shaken? Oh, yeah. There, we're talking major earthquakes. Sure, sure. We're talking major earthquakes. But um, I also have a lot of faith in, in myself. Mm-hmm. But listen, what's on that subfloor? It's the people I went to church with, it's family, mm-hmm. it's friends. Mm-hmm. You have to remember that all of that is is temporary. Yeah. Yeah. All of that can can go. Yeah. You know, it I mean, you don't want it to go, but if it does go, what's down underneath? Mm-hmm. And we've seen a lot of suicides and we've seen a lot of um, you know, people just crumble under the weight of mental illness. Mm-hmm. Because they cannot find mm-hmm. their foundation, or yeah. they can't identify the foundation under the subfloor. I have a, a a very dear friend in my life who recently lost his spouse, and he told me that he was so thankful for his faith. Yeah, because he didn't know how he would get through it without it. Yeah, and you know, just that, just faith, just that little mustard seed of faith is really, for me, my foundation. I mean, the fact that I, the first thing I thought of was, I'm going to ask my community to pray or send healing thoughts. To me, you know, that's that's deep in my belly, my faith, my that value that's deep in me. That's my, that, that's my foundation. All this other stuff, I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> but somewhere in me, I, I believe that. I believe that. The God of love is there. I just, I do. I yeah. can't, I can't not believe it. Yeah. I don't understand it. I don't want to call it a thing anymore. I don't right. want to put a label right. on it. I right. don't, right. I don't want to identify as one kind of Baptist or blah, blah. I don't believe in, in that. But, but my faith in a God or an energy or whatever that is love, I, I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's where I am too. And losing my faith in people mm-hmm. and institutions has been hard. Mm-hmm. Has been hard because I built, you know, we had these pylons of faith, but then my entire subfloor was built on relationships and 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 religion, you know. Yeah. People. 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 And 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 ideas and ideals and and you know, directives and do this and you'll get to here and all of it, all of it. And losing that, you know, Mm -hmm. watching that subfloor be ripped out and then exposing so much crap. I mean, when we redid our bathroom, we just found mold and we found mildew and we found stuff that had just been covered up. We had like six layers of linoleum. Really? Yeah. In Dang. some spots, there were six layers. In some spots, there were four. So they had actually cut away mm-hmm. linoleum that had been maybe destroyed or whatever, and then just covered it up. Covered again. it up again. Yeah. So there's just one piece of, you know, cr- 
crap after mm-hmm. another that you just and and it's hard to look at that. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're like, oh my gosh, I've been living in right. this. Well, in a way, it's like. You know, what you guys did in your bathroom is kind of where you're at spiritually and where I am, too, is like, okay, you see all the the little Band-Aids of linoleum and trying this or whatever, but you got to strip it all away and get down to the to the the bottom. I went um, this last week, John and I went down and we visited our friends in Malibu who's they lost their home in the Malibu fire in 2018 and. They just got their their new home is built. Mm-hmm. Just a beautiful, beautiful home. It's just unbelievably beautiful home. I can't even tell you. It, <laughs> it's just wow, and, and it was so fun to be there with them. And my friend, she's like, she goes, I don't know. I mean, I'm in this house and it's just so beautiful. But when I look outside, I see the root. Ru- all I see is ruins. So you you walk out on their property and you can see the foundation yeah. of this house and this house and they haven't been rebuilt yet. And then this one over here, they're rebuilding it. And right next door, there's a huge cement foundation. Yeah. Um, you know, and they were, they're able to say, well, this was the, the, um, the master bedroom. This was yeah, the bathroom. No, what, the, gosh, like the bomb shelter. Oh, the bomb this shelter. bomb shelter. And this was, you know, and, and how um, sad it, yeah. it make them to see their, you know, these foundations remained, yeah, you know, but pff, everything else, yeah. gone. Yeah, and I've I've driven through that area in Malibu several times over the last few years, actually, and um, and you know what? It's it's a great picture to remember because there's two things that that really stand out when I take walks in those Malibu hills so uh, since the fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I walked out to the place where they sh- uh, used to shoot mash. Oh, um, you know, which is which was also destroyed in that Malibu fire. There's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that was destroyed out there, and I see a, a, a mash a truck a jeep that was used in the in mash that now is all just a shell and the okay. tires are okay. melted and everything. Thing. And man, much of the set has been destroyed, including that wonderful sign that had all of those. Remember in MASH, they had the signs of different places and they had arrows like yeah, San Francisco, yeah, 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 10,000 yeah, yeah, miles yeah, this yeah, way or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And that was destroyed, but it's been rebuilt as a, as a reminder of okay. kind of what was there. And you walk out to that site where you watch the television show, you know, for 10 years or whatever, mm-hmm. way back. Some of you, I know, weren't alive when it was on, but yeah. um, we <laughs> remember bash yeah we do um but two things really stood out as i as i walked through the ruins of those malibu hills one is that you'll see a tree that is half yep. burned that's on on my friend's property yeah but still alive but still alive but still alive and so on one side of it it looks perfect and on the other side it's black it's completely black yep. Yep. and you think that has a good strong foundation it has a great root system yeah. because it has survived it survived it that's right this incredible fire that's right and then the other thing you see like you just talked about is these foundations mm-hmm. and when all else is gone those cement foundations mm-hmm. Remain with little pipes sticking yep. up out of here and yep. out of there. Yep. They took us on a drive and showed us, kind of really were, gave us a really good description of how that fire came through the canyon, through the hopped, canyon. The, hopped the, the Pacific Coast Highway, 
went down into this other area, like went down all the way to the ocean. Right. It just, it just like this, this yeah. tunnel sucked, sucked the fire through. Just what a powerful visual that is. They have they had on their phone um, video of them on their property. Their cars are packed. And you can see the flames coming up over the hill. I mean, just, oh, wow. Right. So intense. So scary. and So intense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but they, they were able to rebuild. Um, I actually think that they had to destroy that foundation because yeah. they had to make kind of a new one. Because mm-hmm. they, because when those fires come through, the city, I think what they said to me is that because there could be chemicals and different in the water things, and in the pipes and yeah, yeah that in the ground that they have to by law destroy air, all of it yeah to to make a now new clean one. That's what's happening up there where you have a home up there in Shaver mm-hmm. up up, up mm-hmm. in the hills. You were lucky enough to not lose your home, but so many people that did yeah. have still not been able to rebuild because there's chemicals in the ground and in the water and, and whatnot. They, and they make and, you get rid of all of it. That's right. So uh, again, mm-hmm. when your foundation mm-hmm. is built on something that can be destroyed, mm-hmm. you know, you either have to build your house up or you sometimes have to build the foundation up again. So yeah. how do you do that? I think that what you do that is you do that with community. Yeah, You do that with um, support from other people. Mm-hmm. And you surround... And your therapist. And your therapist. <laughs> I mean, because you have to surround yourself with people who are not going to condemn you yeah. for building on the wrong foundation. Well, yeah, and you need to build your community too with people who are open-minded and willing to be able to ask questions and hard questions and don't feel like they have to have the answers because that's where I feel like we get into trouble is when you when you link up with people who think they know everything and honestly none of us do yeah I mean like I know your shirt's blue and mine's green there's some basic stuff that we all know but when it comes to these spiritual ideas and concepts and stuff nobody really knows you know we're all trying to figure this out. We're all on this journey since the dawn of time and the dawn of man. Yeah. People have been trying to figure out, you know, where the F we come from and exactly. why. And if you ask and for prayer on social media, don't don't surround yourself with people or or try do your best to ignore the people who tell you that that's useless. Yeah. Because even though prayer might, maybe it is just spitting in the wind. Maybe it is. I don't think it is. But that's my opinion. Right. And and having that community of people who say, hey, I'm thinking about you, I'm praying for you, gives you the strength and the mm-hmm. courage to face what's coming down the pike. Exactly. And, and when someone says, I'm thinking about you, to me, that's a prayer. Yeah. And I know, a lo- I know other spiritual leader people who believe that same thing. Prayer isn't folding your hands and closing your eyes. Prayer is a big, broad word. Right. And maybe it's a word that we shouldn't use because because of the negative connotation because of the <laughs> negative connotation that it has and so you know we should call it something else but I'm sorry if if I'm thinking about somebody who I know is having a hard time you know I don't have to say dear god I can just say I'm thinking of you and that is a prayer that is 
energy connecting me to you. That's right. You know, and, and That's right. so don't let that that word mess you up. No. Because, yeah, it, it can. And check out your foundation. Look closely mm-hmm. at the foundation and, and, and really be critical of the foundation on which you have built your life. Mm-hmm. And look at it and say, is this strong? Yeah. Is this, is this just a subfloor or is this truly the, the cement pylons yeah. on which, you know, and listen, a religion, Baptist you know, evangelical, whatever, uh, Catholic, all those kinds of things. That's a subfloor. Mm-hmm. That's just the subfloor. So it you is. know what? Stop, stop defending that because that can crumble. Mm-hmm. There's slow leaks that can destroy yep. anything. Yep, that's right. Um, so look down deeper on into the actual foundation yeah. of, on which you've built your life. That's really kind of like the the basis for this this podcast that you yeah. and I are doing is looking right. deep looking looking, deep. looking really into our foundational selves and you know asking hard questions and stuff asking so, really hard questions that's the dancing with skeletons we like <laughs> <laughs> so. and we love you all so much and this is not to criticize anybody's no. um Absol- foundation at all not. this is not to criticize this is just to say hey we are we are in this together. Yep. We are absolutely in this together. And when a fire sweeps through and destroys your community, your home, your life, your and I'm not just talking about a physical fire. I'm talking about, yeah. you know, the fires of whatever of, of disease, mm-hmm. of temptation, mm-hmm. of addiction, mm-hmm. all of that. We yeah. want to be here for you. Yeah. We really do. Thanks, everybody. We love you all so much. Yes, we do. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Deb. <laughs>